Welcome, Welcome to, to Top of the, the Bill. Bill, the podcast where we watch a Bill Murray movie every week, and then we talk about it. My name's Lily. I'm Jan. And last week on the podcast, we watched a movie called The Razor's Edge about an old, boring book from the 40s, and it was it was a snooze fest. Am I right, ladies? Because nothing, no, no gun, there were guns, actually. There was, okay, but... Anyway, there was there was no guns, no drugs, <laughs> no drugs, no drugs, no killing. <laughs> there was no uh, nothing the, interesting happened. Where are all the superheroes? I don't get it. Yeah, um, Ant Man wasn't in that one at all. Even not even once. Not even once. Anyway, Ant Man is in this one. Ant Man's in this movie. No, um, this movie that we watched this week was a better one. Even though we were, I mean, we liked last week's movie, but that's not the point. You don't gotta couch it. This week, we watched A Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Little, Little Shop of Horrors. And my friends, the, my congregation before me, I come to you having confessed my sins to the Lord Savior, Rick Moranis. I have seen the light. This was a good musical. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there are a, good musicals. There are good musicals. I didn't know. I didn't know this. <laughs> the, my 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 hangup with musicals has always been that I, I like them in theater because it's like a production and you feel like you're there and you're harnessing the energy. And when it's on screen, I feel like that doesn't translate. This movie is an amazing musical to screen adaptation, which I didn't think was possible. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I think maybe partly why it like it it. Uh, brings together film and and uh, uh, musical so well is because it was like it was originally a film in like the forties, oh, and then right. and then they adapted it to a a stage play musical, and then adapted that again into into a movie into this movie. So it was kind of already, I guess, like retrofitted for a yeah. Bit. Um, yeah. Interesting. So let's let's get into it. This movie is like I said, I didn't know it was a musical until it started. For all the I for all the buzz about this movie, I'd only ever heard like, oh, feed me, Seymour. Mm-hmm. Um and there's there's a whole lot more to it than that. So this movie takes place in a it, it almost feels like a set. We get to know this location really well. It's Skid Row, kind of a mm-hmm. derelict city downtown. It's a slum. It's a slum. This movie opens with a narrated Star Wars crawl. I forgot forgot about that. that. (laughs) Uh, Um, uh, And during the opening musical number, where they're kind of setting everything up, we get the first glimpses of these three women who exist. The muses. The music. The music women. The muses. Yeah, they're the chorus in the you know classical kind of like Greek. Ancient Greek yeah, sense, yeah. they are a chorus. If you think think like the opening of Disney's Hercules, almost. Yeah, it's the Sim- same concept. Similar energy, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way I like to think about musicals is that there is, like, the real world where the events are happening, and there's, like, the musical world where characters are singing. Because if you take everything in a musical at face value, it's very strange. You ha- it's Musicals exist... In a way where you have to, you have to really, um, so you have to suspend your disbelief. Yeah, yeah, it's not all strictly diegetic. It's, yeah, it, a lot of it is just is representation. Yeah, like like in like we were talking about with nothing lasts forever. It's mm-hmm. a very it's a very similar approach. Of course, this is through song, mm-hmm. um, 
And the way that this movie handles that is using these three women. Almost any time there's a musical number, they appear at some point, either front and center or in the background. Oh, and they're, is that right? Yeah, they're frequently, and they're almost always singing. I don't remember seeing them in uh, Suddenly Seymour. They weren't in Suddenly Seymour, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but they are in most of the songs. Were and... they in Somewhere That's Green? I don't think they were in that one either. You're right. I think they weren't there in the, like more in the pieces that were like about the main characters mm -hmm. they they seem to be more like for the world i guess almost yeah. i don't know uh, but but one, one way or the Whenever other they show up it does lend uh, an air of mystery because they 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 go through the world without touching anything basically yeah, nobody... like they feel they feel like like they're ghosts or angels yeah. or something they're, i think they're muses or something they're there during most of the music and it makes the 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 music world feel very consistent which i really appreciated and they're also just really delightful performers um one thing i noticed they're always wearing very colorful dresses and mm -hmm. they're always like especially during the opening number and the song about where they live skid row like their bright colorful vibes so harshly contrast with the drab brownness of everything around the characters mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and i really i really appreciated that yeah they're like really saturated yeah they are and and they're like the really joyful music too against mm -hmm. like the rain pelting down this dirty grimy street mm -hmm. um so we meet our three main characters rick moranis is plays seymour krellborn a very prototypical rick moranis character mm -hmm. it's a little nerd mm -hmm. um it's owned by a Mr. Mushnik, who mm -hmm. is a kind of miserly. Um, he cares about his his two employees. He treats them kind of like his kids. Mm -hmm. um, but he's also uh, he's also he's abusive. He's, he's abusive. He's, yeah, he's pretty abusive. Um, there's this blonde lady with kind of a New York accent. I thought, like, oh sure, Mister. Yeah, know? like a very you know, it's, like, it's the Frenchie. It's yeah. the it's the Frenchie accent. Um, her name is Audrey. Um, the first time we see her, she has a black eye, so we're immediately set up that she has an abusive boyfriend, mm -hmm. and Mr. Mushnick is like, oh, you should stop seeing him. Mm -hmm. And during the Skid Row number that comes shortly after, we get first taste of Rick Moranis singing. I've never heard him sing before. Turns out he can sing. He can. Rick Moranis can sing. He Rick actually... Moranis can sing, and he and he uh, he loves Frenchie. Yeah, he he's loves... in love with Frenchie. He's in love with Audrey. And, Audrey, yeah. Um... It's implied that, like, oh, he's longing for her, but he yeah. can't have they're her because yeah. she has a boyfriend. Yeah. They're very clearly, like, when they're on on screen together, they're very clearly both pining for yeah, each other. Yeah, it's mutual. It's a case of mutual But they feel, like, they feel like they can't, like, they're not good enough for each other. They, so both, it's, they yeah. both have different flavors of very low self-esteem, which yeah. is really interesting. Yeah. Um... So, during the Skid Row number, we get the motivations for Seymour and Audrey. They both desperately want out of Skid Row. Um, Seymour is tired of being poor and feeling like he's a nobody. And Audrey, she wants, like, kind of an idyllic suburban life. She doesn't want, like... More the... of that's revealed in a later song. But she yeah. gives you a hint of, like, she doesn't want to be here either. Yeah, she's, she's, not, she's not here for all this. Um, when we get back to the shop, Mr. Mushnick... Um, I wrote down that I really loved his energy. Everybody in this movie is bringing very heavy theater acting, mm. which I think to do a musical you kind of need. So, like, everybody's facial expressions are really exaggerated, they're talking very loudly, they're really projecting, like, as if, you know, there were an audience there. And enunciating. Enunciating very clearly. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Mushnick in particular has this, like, almost like Paul Bearer energy where he's, like... 
Oh, he for, he forgot. He forgot, <laughs> he, everybody. Customers, did you hear that? He forgot. You know, he's yeah. just like, it, it, it is like kind of like a, oh, he's, he's kind of a strong arm. Like, he's just really overselling everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that energy was just delightful the whole way through. Yeah. Um, yeah. Business is really bad. And they're yeah. like, well, Mushnik says, oh, I have to close the shop. Yeah, I have to close the shop. Um, I have to close the shop. Uh, and that means y'all are out of a job. Uh, and as a last-ditch effort, Seymour is like, wait, hold on, I've been working on a new plant, which is a wild sentence by itself. It's a very weird thing to say. Wild sentence out of context. He leaves the room and comes back with uh, a strange little bulb. Mm -hmm. A strange little bulb in a little pot, um, and says, this is a new plant I've been working on, and I'm calling it Audrey 2. Is that okay, Audrey? (laughs) Audrey's like, sure. Um, there's an awesome p- point of view shot from the plant here before we ever see it for the first time where everybody's crowded around the camera and like, oh, what's that? Mm. I always love when movies do that. Mm. Um, and that, I, the moment he puts it in the, the window, the moment he puts it in the window, somebody pops in like a fucking robot, like an alien and is like, Hey, that's a swell plant you've got there in the window. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, while I'm here, I might as well buy some flowers for the wife. Mm-hmm. For the missus. So it's like, it's almost like magic, like robot magic. Where yeah. like, it's this plant just like attracts strange two-dimensional people who are like, I now must buy flowers. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, oh my god. This movie is... This is where it starts to get a little creepy. This is where it starts to get a little bit creepy um, because the people are acting so strangely, but it also lends itself to the comedy. Like, mm-hmm. the suspension of disbelief also works for the plot because in this movie, um, in this story, sometimes things happen just because they need to happen. And although that is something I often take umbrage with in movies, I think in this one it really works because, for one thing, it's... It's absolutely a horror comedy, so having something that doesn't make any sense works both comedically and kind of makes it feel a little bit creepy or otherworldly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think the way that the, all the people who are just like customers, just like extras, and the fact that they're just like, well, well, hello there, I will take one of your very cool roses now, thank you. It's like, it, it, it really works. The, this man, he also asks where the plant came from, or like, what's his deal? And Seymour gives his whole spiel about, wow! It's a whole musical number, where we just get, the, the, the musical women are just like, shop dip up in, in between him delivering exposition. Kind of a boom. Ba-dum, boom, ba-dum. Yeah, it's like a doo-wop tune. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a great joke where he goes to the this flower shop. I guess he's just looking for new plants to bring home. I don't really know why he was doing that. Um, he likes plants. He does he's like, a florist. He does like plants. Um, the plant shop is like a very like owned by like this very stereotypical Chinese man. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I didn't he was like in that. like he was like in like a, I don't know was that a was that a hanfu? I don't I'm think not I don't, sure. I'm not sure if it was a hanfu or not. But it was it was traditional like I think it was like a Mandarin suit actually. It was a black uh, Mandarin okay. suit and like one of those hats with the little ball on top. Um, and he had like a fucking Fu Manchu. Yeah, it was like. 
what the fuck? At least it was at least at least I mean you know that was an Asian guy, but like yeah, it, it didn't like, like put somebody in blackface or why, anything. Why but it was just have, like like why, why does he have to be dressed like this? Why does this like we couldn't understand the fact that he is Chinese from the fact that Seymour says he's Chinese? Like yeah. oh, he has to look like this. He it's, has to look like this, and his really shop has his shop has to have like a fucking a fucking. Well, it's like a pagoda. It was like a pagoda facade on it for some fucking reason. Yeah, but yeah that's super stupid. That's not the funny joke. The funny joke is that Seymour is like, hey, do you have anything new? He's like, no. And he's like okay and then he walks away and then it like continues telling the story and we're like oh well that wasn't anything yeah but then he goes back after uh, after an eclipse a total eclipse of the sun mm-hmm. and we see this little rotoscope pshoo, lightning bolt or whatever hit this plant and Seymour um, buys it suddenly a new plant arrives in the stall mm-hmm. and the man knew nothing about it but sold it to him anyway yeah he still bought it mm-hmm. he still had to pay for it yes so Everyone loves this new plant. They're just throwing money at the shop. It's it's very funny again. We kind of get back to that B-plot where Seymour and Audrey are longing for each other. And Audrey is set up to be going on a date with her boyfriend, who we still haven't seen, mm-hmm. worth noting. Mm-hmm. And Seymour has to stay because the plant has gone all limp. And Mr. Mushik's like, oh, you gotta fix that plant, boy! You better, <laughs> you better fix that plant! That's our moneymaker! You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so Get it fixed! Get it fixed. And there's a, there's a wonderful another wonderful musical number. I'm going to quickly interject. One of the reasons I think this works so well as a musical movie is that you love this movie. I love this movie. Ninety percent of the movie was the dance numbers. There's very little interstitial acting, and one of the things that often turns me off from musicals is that there's like either long stretches of just music or long stretches of just dialogue and i feel like one is usually stronger than the other Mm. this movie it's all about the music it's all about delivery of story elements through the songs Mm -hmm. which you know bad musicals will so often have a song that is just like i'm a character and this is my thing or i'm feeling this way and nothing like actually happens yeah you have to put having the plot happen through the music makes it so much more engaging Mm -hmm. and this is a very important one because seymour is trying so hard to get this plant to stand up again and it ends on this great line where he says what do you want from me blood and then there's this beat Uh and he pokes his finger and he's like oh dang it you know, sucking oh. on sucking on the sucking on his finger. You know, yeah. And the plant starts kiss, doing kissy lips, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, I, just a drop can't hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna give this plant my blood. Like he isn't. I mean, he's like he's weirded out by like the plant moving around and asking for blood, but like he's he goes along with it pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah well, he th- you know it it makes sense for his character because at this point, like he thinks so lowly of himself, and Mushnik is just like you're fucking nothing to me if it weren't for this plant. So he's yeah. giving up everything for this plant. He right? really is. He 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 would. He I mean, like it makes sense for him to give the plant his own blood because like he has nothing else to live for. Yeah, he he's he lives in Mr. Mushnik's basement. He lives in the basement of the shop. Yeah. Um and it, it is you get a very like it's he's depressing an orphan, he's got vibe. no family. All he has is Mr. Mushnik and his and his love for Audrey, mm-hmm. basically. It's like all he's got and he's like, stranded in, in Skid Row and like yeah. And they're having the first taste of success they ever have. So mm-hmm. it's like I need to keep this going. Right. Um there's wonderful fun effects of the plant begins to grow mm-hmm. um the plant once he leaves once he leaves the plant like stretches out <sighs> mm-hmm. it's, it's very cute um he 
the the plant as, asking Seymour for more blood, the first time we we see it like after this musical number is like the plant's like using its like tendrils to like trace up his chest and stuff. The plant's oh, yeah. like it's, it's like weirdly horny and, and um. It, yeah, there's a lot of parts of this movie that are like that are like erotic. This movie's pretty erotic. Um, yeah. I think for a, any good horror movie, there's like a little bit of eroticism in there. It's gotta be. But this plant is fucking horny. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, like. Seymour uh, is going to take the plant to a radio station because it's gaining so much popularity. He's going to appear on this show where the strangest premise for a radio show I can think of, where it's like they a person brings an object with them that is very strange, and then they talk about it. And, like, I mean, as soon as they get into it, the, the radio person is like, I wish you guys could see this. And I'd be like, that's every episode of this imaginary show is like, you Oh, can't. we should have a segment. We should have a segment where we like talk about like cool things we can do or like, like, like this, you know, I can do a backflip. Do you want to see me do a backflip? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Can you do a backflip? Yeah. Watch it. Watch, watch. I just did it. Oh my God. Y'all. They just was did that, a, that was cool. Right. June just did a backflip. Yeah. I wish y'all could see that. We should get a fucking camera in here or something. Well, it's a um, podcast. What would we do with the camera? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ski down a mountain. Oh, cool. Just real quick. Alright. Okay, I'm back. Wow. I cut I cut two hours out of the podcast. Oh, you cut the two hours of skiing <laughs> it took, out. It took a long time. I didn't I just needed to take a quick ski break. Yeah. Um yeah. but when they're in the radio station, this woman is leaned over like to check something or whatever, and the plants like trying to nip her ass trying to nip her butt and i was like wow this plant's horny and i in the moment the first thing i thought was is she like menstruating is like because it's going for blood uh, I th- but i think the plant i never just... thought i never thought about that um and that's disturbing <laughs> that's pretty disturbing that was my immediate because like the only thing we know it wants is blood up till now right is blood. we don't know that it wants like meat or anything yet yeah so um so we get into the radio show and john candy is in this movie another appearance of john candy my beloved man my beloved big boy and he's got a pompadour in this movie yes he does he's, he's playing like a like a like a he's a radio shock, like, jock. Jo- shock jock dj um, which yeah. is a perfect role for him he's like oh, yeah. constantly like making weird noises and going hey he's fucking he is dialed the fuck in yeah they took like he drank like so much coffee or maybe did a bump or two or something like he's his energy is off the fucking charts they took in this part they took the john candy knob and they turned it up to 11 yeah 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 Yeah. Um, no like (laughs) <laughs> like he's like dialed the fuck in. Mm. Uh, th- then we get the musical number you alluded to earlier, uh, somewhere that's green, mm-hmm. where <laughs> so it's. I love this joke so much. Audrey's like, "Oh, I wish I could be somewhere else." And then the, the camera cuts to just like a picture, just like a, a Better Homes and Gardens magazine. Yeah, yeah. I, I lost it's it. It's like the 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 surface of her of her uh, her vanity, and mm-hmm. and she puts down a Better Homes and Gardens mm-hmm. magazine. And uh, this song is great. Um, this is like the only one where I think we see things that like really aren't happening where she's fantasizing about having the suburban life and Seymour's her husband and he mows the lawn and, and like they, they gave him like a beer belly for, yeah. <laughs> for this scene which is really funny yeah. um, and she's talking about stuff like oh I wish I wish I had a garbage disposal like really normal oh, things oh and appliances mm. and uh, you know, I'll, I'll, and it's all dr- done up like, you know, like a, like a, like an a advertisement magazine. in a, like a, a, in a magazine from the fifties, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. all very like 
deco and shit. And, yeah, and we would I- we idyllic. We would say now that she wants to be like a trad wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at, that was like her own time. So yeah, that was her time. It was like yeah. I mean, the movie is set in like the sixties. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the 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 idea of going somewhere that's green is very real because she wants to have like the grass and pl- like plants around her like where she works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can really I can easily picture somebody stuck in a in a in a city like this being like working at a florist and being like this is the closest I can get to like having wildlife around me mm-hmm. but, but there's something to say about status there as well absolutely. and being um uh i guess like respected as a white woman or something yeah. um there's something about that too because really she's she's yearning for like a suburban mm-hmm. nuclear family life yeah it's been, the life that she is 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 pining for seems so blah and normal and it's mm-hmm. it's in yeah definitely definitely like a little i mean it's still it's idyllic right it's a, yeah. it's the american dream yeah. in a very like sort of cliche sense yeah yeah so it's 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 both saying something about like her vainness and also like there's a little bit of vanity there a little bit a little bit of vanity um and like her status and just that her aspirations are actually pretty low um like the fact like if if you would if you were to have a a musical number like this where you're fantasizing about your your grandest fantasies wouldn't you want like a giant mansion or something right 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 right. yeah and she really she's singing it in that way that it's like these are these are grand fantasies of hers Mm -hmm. and you know, it's it, it's really pretty simple, quaint it's, it's, sorts of things. She thinks she can never have this. Mm-hmm. My the next number is one I really love, where <laughs> the the song world ladies are are repeating over and over. Oh, things are really bad for Seymour, but he's having some fun now. Oh, is, yeah, isn't he having... having so much fun? And there's like a montage of him just like cutting himself and bleeding for the plant. I mean, we never see him cutting himself, but it's heavily implied that oh, yeah. he's like opening veins on his fingers yeah. to like. Poking, probably. Poking, He's like yeah. poking little holes in his finger, probably with like a lancet, some kind of diabetic lancet yeah. or something. I, I, there's one part of that whole that whole song where you get a really clear shot of Rick Moranis's finger like this, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, 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 positioned so that you um, can see immediately the wound in his finger mm-hmm. and the blood dripping out of it. He's, it looks really real. Yeah, he's like. I wonder if he actually like did a lancet in his finger for that shot or something. Some of them, some of them, it does look really fake, but that one looked like you could immediately see like on the tip of his finger, a close up of, of a wound in his finger. I think so. I mean, it's like, as far as like, Hey, hurt yourself for a movie. It's pretty pedestrian. Oh yeah. I I mean, I mean, you know, diabetic people do it all the fucking time. Yeah, exactly. Poke a little hole in your finger. It's nothing. It's nothing. But I I just really loved the contrast of, of, oh, look how much fun he's having. And he's like miserable, like bleeding, literally bleeding himself dry. That we, the next thing we see of him is him just like exhausted because he's he's fucking anemic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's that. That's this is where this is where you really start to get a lot of that dramatic irony. Yes, there's this thick, thick sweating with irony this at certain points. This movie is full of it. At certain points in these these songs that are coming up, they're they're so great. Um, mm-hmm. Boy, I love this movie. Hey, anyway, this is where we get the line about uh, Seymour forgetting. Um, because he forgot an order, and we, we get this lovely shot of Audrey, like, making an emergency arrangement, and she's oh just, like, <laughs> sticking some lilies in, like, a Lilies thing. in a little black bag! And then she's like, give me the glue. <laughs> she sprays it with glue. Okay, glitter. Get the glitter. And just tosses some glitter at it, and then it's done. Oh, boy. <laughs> 
Uh, so they have. So he, she is to have another date with her boyfriend. Um, we finally see him. Oren Scrivello is his name. Oh, what a uh, weird this name. fucking guy. And it was uh, it was uh, uh, Steve Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Steve he Martin as playing this like fifties greaser biker bad boy but uh-huh. it feels like so goofy because yeah. he's like oh look how tough and cool i am but yeah he's just my like, mom hated me because i beat on animals yeah. and you know what you know what they told me he walks in the door of something mm-hmm. takes off his starts taking off his jacket and he says son be a dentist takes it off and he's got a coat uh, he's got a white coat underneath this reveal. oh my god it's so good this reveal was <sighs> was one of my favorites of the movie because like again when they introduce him as like this bad boy is like all right this is like completely unbelievable like oh yeah sure he's tough whatever and then he bursts into the dentist's office and he's making people scream in agony as he's like not giving them anesthetic and he's drilling them teeth in like random places (laughs) and like bending their necks really harshly backwards like getting on top of them even this is another part where like that eroticism Eroticism comes through he's like he's like straddling people in here and like really getting in their mouths and he's loving it it yeah. makes him like horny he 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 is a a <laughs> sadist he's yeah straight yeah. they are not very traditional sense not yeah. not the kind of sadist that that uh, i would be friends with yeah the type, exactly. of, the type of sadist that that does not want consent yeah exactly it's like there's a, there's like the bdsm angle to it where it's like oh you know sadism is like normal to an extent mm-hmm. but this character is portrayed as he just he only cares about what he wants i mean yeah. he's beating up on Audrey, mm-hmm. and the first time we actually see them together, it is kind of horrifying because he, you finally see firsthand how he's treating her, mm-hmm. and it's like he's saying, oh, you have to call me doctor, mm-hmm. oh, stupid fucking woman can't keep up with me, you know, all sorts of stuff oh, like that. Oh, you stupid, you fell off the bike. Yeah, oh, idiot fell off the bike, cut over here, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. like, wow, like, actually very, like, very unabashed portrayal of abuse. Yeah. Um, yeah, super abusive. Super abusive. And it's important that we set this up because Seymour encounters this man for the first time. He learns that he is her boyfriend and he's real, he's real pissed about it. He gets back into the shop uh, Audrey 2, the plant, is once again limp, falling over like, mm, give me blood. Now, at this point, at this point, Audrey 2 is uh, much larger. Yes. Um, Audrey 2 has come to be about the si- The bulb itself alone is about the size of a, of a person. Yeah. It's like about maybe five feet uh, yeah. in diameter. Yeah. yeah. Seymour here references, I forgot to bring this up, or I was kind of alluding to this, is that he says, oh, what do you want me to do? Slip my wrist? Like, I kind of had the impression up till this point that he had been hurting himself in more gruesome ways for this plant, but it's kind of confirmed that he's pretty much only been pricking his fingers. Yeah, he's just pricking his fingers. Um, And Audrey starts talking, and this is where we get the iconic scene uh, I'm out of blood. <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. You know. Yep. And this is where we get that that erotic sort of temptation of Seymour, where where Audrey too is like, oh, you want that girl, right? You want Audrey. Oh, you want fame and fortune? I can do that for you. I can provide for you. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think all this is a coincidence that like all these good things have started happening to you? And there's this, and there's the shot of the kitchen knife. Yeah, the kitchen knife, glinting, some light glinting off the kitchen yeah, knife it's as very he walks dramatic. by. So basically, Audrey too in this song is saying like, I need something. I need something more real. I and it needs to be fresh. It mm-hmm. needs to have blood in it, and I need a lot of it. Because 
Because, I need you to kill someone, yeah, basically. Because Seymour is saying, oh, well, I'll do this, or I'll do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and don't some people deserve to die? Yeah. Like, come on. And yeah, so Seymour's like, oh, don't you, isn't there, aren't there some people out there that you would not care if they got fed to a man-eating plant? And Seymour's like, no, no I, of I, course I, not. I don't, I don't think anybody deserves to be and murdered. And we see, he looks out the window. Oren takes Audrey into their apartment, screaming at her. You go into the window, we see the silhouettes through their window of them about to bang or whatever. You know, very yeah. he's very violent, like... He hits her. He hits he her. He hits her. Audrey says, I'm not up to it. And he's like, what did you say? You know, mm -hmm. it's sexual abuse, straight up. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the zoom in on Seymour's face through the red tinted window as he's like... Well, there was like a red light somewhere, and yeah. it's lighting up his face, and he's 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 he seeing looks, red. He looks he's seeing red. He's, he's furious, <laughs> um, and yeah, he does. He looks sinister. And he turns yeah. to he turns to Audrey, and he's like, "Fine, yeah, <laughs> I'll find. I'll get you some meat." And they sing together for a minute. They duet a oh, little bit right. there, right? They like, like they're like, singing at each other's faces, and they're like, "Yeah, some people deserve to die." No, that, that's what they say. He sure looks like plant food to me. That's right. And they go back and forth together like that. It's it's so great. One of one of the the biggest most fun parts of this movie for me. The main two. He's got more than enough blood. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what they say. The the main two characters of this movie are nerds. They are they're meek little soft little cotton balls. Both of them, Audrey and Seymour, and. Mm -hmm we are seeing the beginnings of what I would like call the second arc of this movie. And in this arc, Seymour is turned through by Audrey two into basically the movie monster. Yeah. He's turned, he becomes a murderer because yeah. of Audrey. Yeah. And that's so cool. I've never seen anything like that where he, he is a human that is corrupted by the monster to kill other humans. Yeah. Although he never technically kills anyone. He's definitely. I mean, he's, he's definitely still he's guilty. A, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So he goes to see Doctor Oren, and we finally get our Bill Murray appearance. Finally. Oh my god. He's playing a character named Arthur Denton. He, right off the bat, we he some some girl comes out of the the office with all this like crazy stuff on her Scott, face. Like, I think it's like a. It's like an outdated. Dentist, it's like an outdated dentistry thing where yeah. you have like a cage like around a, your head. It's like a cage because like, like she's getting some really heavy work done. And they put the whole you. I'm sure if you if you grew up in the 90s or aughts, you've seen this in like cartoons as well. Yeah, where they put like a metal cage yeah. around. The, nobody really does that anymore. I'm sure it was a thing at some point, but that's what I heard. But I don't know if that's actually true. I, I really don't know. I have to, any anybody who knows about dentistry, get out of yeah, like I guess. ancient dentistry. Yeah. Um. And immediately, Bill, Bill Murray, Arthur, begins pelting her with questions like, oh, how was it? How did it go? And we're, we immediately come to understand that he's very excited for his dental work. And we think that's all it is at first. But then as Oren comes out and it's like, who are you? Do you have an appointment? Bill Murray's like, oh, yeah, I think I need a nice, slow root canal. Ugh. And he's like, he's like making goo-goo eyes at Oren. He's like, uh -huh. he's like lowering his face and looking up at him and everything, uh -huh. like opening his mouth. And oh we get God. a protracted scene of him in the dentist chair as Oren does progressively more and more violent things to him because this isn't the reaction he wants. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and Bill Murray's character is just like, yeah, I'm oh, yeah. He's loving it the whole time. Uh -huh. More, don't, he says, don't stop. He says, don't stop. There's one part, my favorite part of this whole thing is 
um they get like he gets like the the dull drill or something and starts starts you know going at it in his mouth mm -hmm. and bill murray puts his grabs his shoulder like puts yeah. his arm around and it's like super gay it's so he, like gay. reaches around and it's like oh daddy yeah it's so good <laughs> it's so good oh it's so good um and i one of the other things i really loved about the scene which i will admit i think went on a little bit long um it did we, we watched the director's cut we watched by the director's the way. cut so i think the director really liked this scene yeah <laughs> i can definitely see be like the movie the like executives being the this is like okay you gotta cut down some of this <laughs> no but it's great it's so um, good one of, one of the parts that I really loved about it was that this character, Arthur Denton, we only see him really for this part. Um, but he's not a one-dimensional character. He, I mean, his main thing is, yeah, he's super horny for dentistry, but the whole time he's in the chair before they really start going, he's just, like, going on and on about these random mundane things happening in his life. He's, like, telling this really, really long-winded story about his mother. And mm. it's obviously Oren is not listening at all. And I don't know, something about that was just, like, this is, like, a kind of guy I could absolutely see existing. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah. And, and, and what makes it even... Kind of made him more human, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because he's not just that one character trait. Mm -hmm. And what made that really funny to me was that as he's delivering this monologue, occasionally Dr. Oren will come forward with a tool or something, and he's like, oh, yeah, my mom did this. Ooh. And, and then he continues talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every time he sees, like, some, like, you know, some ridiculous, like, scary-looking like... dentistry tool, uh, Arthur Denton is like, oh, my God goodness and faints Ooh. he like faints or yeah. like or like flutters and like mm -hmm. oh, like blushes or mm -hmm. something you mm -hmm. know he's like oh he's yeah. gonna use that on me no. use that on me daddy <laughs> one of the tools is like this big like barbed metal like u-shaped thing i don't even know what it was it's just like <laughs> was. It i didn't want it in my mouth whatever hey <sighs> the horror in this movie as we get more and more into it become i think is really good it's the exact kind of level of horror that i like where it like makes me feel scared makes me wince a little but it's not overtly graphic yeah. um, that always really works really well for me because i can be kind of squeamish kind of kind of freak i freak a little easy Mm -hmm. um the dentistry stuff in this movie is like very powerful as horror oh my god we didn't talk about the big mouth puppet oh, i love no. the big not mouth the, puppet not the mouth puppet during during Oren's uh song um son be a dentist there's a sequence where the camera is inside of like a big flappy mouth puppet mm -hmm. and he's got like oversized dentistry tools that he's using on the big puppet and so the the perspective is fucking wild and the this this puppet has like like flappy mouth parts that are just flapping around and the mouth is opening and closing looks, while he's it doing looks it. It's huge because so, the perspective so is so cool. crazy. It's so cool. He, he's even like he's got this kind of t this prop that they must have specially made for this where in his hand it looks normal size and it gets really big to go up into the tooth of the puppet. By the way, the puppetry in this movie hopped here. The puppetry Whoa. of Audrey is like there's like 30 points of articulation. The yeah. mouth movements and the tongue, they all look so real. It's 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 breathtaking. Yeah, it's like, like really it's good. It's all practical effects too. Like I mean there's a little bit of green screen at certain points, but like mm -hmm. for the plant there's like a couple things that are rotoscoped. Yeah. But mostly when we're looking at the plant, it's happening there on set, which 
again, works really well for, like, the theater angle that it's coming from. Mm -hmm. And just, like, it's just stunning. I mean, it looks better than any CGI could have possibly looked. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the things they get the puppet to do are really impressive, too. I'd really love to see, like, in detail, like, how they got some of that stuff done. Because they have the puppet, like, they have the puppet, like, like, using a rotary phone and, like... Taking money out of taking like some money out of a cash register mm. and like pulling itself around. Pull, I love like, the pushing the, up the pot and pulling it around. Yeah. Um. So back to our little our little dentist vignette. Seymour is sitting outside the office. He's he's kind of dressed very unusually for himself. He's like obviously wearing some sort of disguise, I suppose. Oh yeah, yeah. He's dressing. He's dressing um um discreetly. Yeah, I would say. Just, yeah, he, looks, he has a more discreet outfit on. Yeah. He has like a coat over his usu- his kind of usual he's, garb, and he's, he's got like black pants, I think, mm-hmm. or something like that. Because he, he, he's normally wearing khakis and a sweater vest and a mm-hmm. button up underneath that, mm-hmm. and so he looks kind of like a I don't know a dude you'd see at the gas station or something in this scene. <laughs> I don't know he's, what that means, but okay. Yeah, you know, just like a trucker dude. He, like he's got the hat and everything. Oh yeah, he put a hat on. Yeah, he's like trying to look discreet. He's trying to hide his face a little bit he's, mm-hmm. he's like being a little shady so we see him outside the office as we just hear bill murray screaming in delight oh yeah mm-hmm. and and seymour's like what the fuck is going on Oren gets fed up with it he's like this person is not reacting the way i want at all he grabs seymour and he's like hey you don't like getting stuff when your teeth right this is scary to you right and seymour's like yeah <laughs> uh, hold on seymour has a gun yeah, we see we see Seymour pull out a gun very briefly. And look at it for a brief moment, and then put it back in his pocket. That really caught me off guard. I was mm. like, "Whoa, he straight up has a gun! Like, yeah. he's actually gonna do this." Uh-huh. Oren is about to perform some act of terror on this man's mouth, unprovoked. Mm. He's like, "Wait, first, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get you. I gotta get some gas for this." And Seymour's like, "Oh, thank God!" And he's like, "Oh no, no, it's for me." Because we, we see Oren using, mm-hmm. um, like, laughing gas multiple times. But in this scene, he's got, like, this crazy <laughs> inhaler mask he puts on with, like, balloons on the sides. Yeah. It's whack. It's like a full, a full like, uh, uh, respirator thing. Yeah. It's, like, pumping the gas mask into him. And it's, like, he's wearing it. Mm-hmm. So it's not an easy thing to get take take off and put on again. Especially as soon as you start getting high, right? I right. Mean, he, he gets loopy immediately. He can't even even start working on Seymour because he's just like it's like too much and he's asking for hey Seymour can you take it off you know help me out here he tries to turn it down and the the fucking regulator pops off yeah and then it's just fucking pumping Mm -hmm. gas and he he's like can't you help me can't you do something and like it's he's 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 laughing laughing. the whole time he's laughing and Seymour stands up and as this man he's like he he's like straight up like hey if you don't help me I'm gonna asphyxiate Seymour stands up and he's pointing the gun at him. Mm -hmm. And this really hit me where he stops laughing, Oren does. He falls to the ground and he's like, what did I ever do to you? Why is this happening? Even in this like super delirious state, there's like a moment of sincerity. Yeah. And it's like, you're witnessing this man on his deathbed and it's like suddenly very real. Yeah. Um... I mean, Seymour's responsible. He is. He, he is. didn't. He, he's he is guilty via non via inaction. I suppose. Right. Right. Um, and he doesn't shoot him, but he lets him asphyxiate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we... but he says, "What did I ever do to you?" Seymour says, "It's what you did to her." Mm-hmm. And Oren says, "Oh, her," mm-hmm. and then dies. Mm-hmm. 
with his eyes open. He like it's he's like slouched against the wall. Yeah. And his eyes like crossed slightly. He's just laying there, smiling, and he's very clearly dead. Mm-hmm. There yeah. were points in this movie where I started to get legitimately emotional, and this was one of them. This whole scene is funny for various reasons. One of them being how ridiculous this character is, and he's wearing this stupid respirator mask thing. But there's like there's still this very real element of I just watched a dude suffocate and die. Yeah. And it's yeah. While laughing. While laughing. It makes it so much scarier. It's scary. And we see Seymour's face just like looking at him. It's the first thing he does. I mean, he puts him in the body bag. He brings him home and he's kind of like shaking. He's like, oh my God. Oh my God. You know? Mm-hmm. And he brings it to Audrey 2. Audrey 2 is like, no, it's too big. You got to chop it up for me. You got to mm-hmm. make it nice and light. And I was like, no. And like, and I was like fully in the horror movie experience at this point where I was like, oh my God. And we see they never show any any like gore on screen which i personally appreciated but they do show the silhouette of seymour like straight up axe murderer with a fire axe like holding it over his head and then slamming it down and you hear the gush and mr mushnick sees him do it Mm -hmm. so brings audrey to uh the body parts Mm -hmm. in like a fucking tin like metal trash bin and yeah fucking Feeds, 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 feeds or into her. Feeds, feeds, feeds Audrey too, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is where we see him like shaking and like being like, oh my God, what have I done? Because uh-huh. um, he's in the basement and he's like trying to go to bed or whatever. Yeah. And he peeks out his little basement window to see police talking to Audrey. He gets out of his place. He interrogates Audrey. Oh, no, oh, he died? Oh, whoa, weird. I couldn't have imagined that ever happening, that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, but, yeah. He, but he's, like, really interrogating her. Like, what did they tell you? And she's, like, yeah, doesn't want to he talk wants to, he wants to know, like, what, are the, what do the police know? What do they think? Yeah. And yeah. when when she says, oh, they suspect foul play, he's, like, uh-oh. What, whoa? Yeah, like, ruh <laughs> It's obvious that Audrey is having, like, very complex feelings about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this was, like, again, like, another real aspect of emotion. Um, I really dug this whole section where Seymour is interrogating her first because she doesn't really want to talk about it Mm -hmm. but then he is kind of comforting her and like he's saying like oh it wouldn't be so bad if he were dead would it like and and then she's saying basically like it makes me feel bad because i secretly wished for it Mm -hmm. audrey is a is played very her character is written so well as a victim of abuse because this is a, a very real victim of abuse emotion to be feeling is like you want you want bad things to happen to them and you feel kind of guilty about it mm-hmm. and now they're gone and you're having these strange feelings of like there's someone missing especially if that someone is dead it's like kind of like whoa but then there's also this relief to it mm. and there's a vulnerability to it mm-hmm. so as you see Seymour and Andre get closer it's kind of painted with these horrific undertones of Seymour just killed her boyfriend and mm-hmm. now he's about to hook up with her mm-hmm. it's it's creepy and yet the scene and the song that they do together suddenly seymour is beautiful and sincere at the same time mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of teetering on the it's like a tightrope walk of 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 horror and sincerity and it 
I don't know. It just really worked for me. It, it's like a horror and romance, horror and romance, yeah. horror and romance. And it, it's it's really beautiful. Seymour's mm-hmm. performance. I mean, a lot of his singing in in the movie is kind of like you know he's doing his his Rick Moranis voice, but in this song he's like really getting into it, and it's really kind of beautiful. He belts out a few of those notes mm-hmm. like like really beautifully. Um, another like aspect of that of um, Audrey's uh, victimhood that I want to get into mm-hmm. is uh, her talking about how like she feels like she doesn't deserve someone. yes she doesn't deserve seymour seymour is too good for her yeah he's too nice and pure for her oh i've right. she's she's references oh i've done terrible things seymour and mm-hmm. we never get into that we never unpack it but it is it is so very real so believable as like mm-hmm. a real person experiencing real emotions following abuse mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i just i just want to applaud this movie for being what it is and then having this like very mature real exploration of audrey's feelings mm-hmm. um i just think that's really cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we see mr mushnick confront seymour and he's like i saw what you did and then he's saying hey you know i can we can make this go away mm-hmm. like i know you're a murderer but I'll pay, you can, you can get out of town, leave me with the plant behind, and I won't tell anybody. And then there's, in that, in that line, hey, tell me how to feed the plant. It's like, suddenly, like, Seymour is seeing Mr. Mushnick as, like, kind of being, like, giving him an out at first, and then it's kind of, it almost seems like... taking the plant from him. He's taking it away from him. Mushnick's like, oh, I'm gonna have all this fame and fortune and success, and you're gonna just be off squat nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it's either that or like I'm gonna take you to the cops. I mean, Mr. Mushnick pulls a gun on him. He's like, mm-hmm. he's t- telling him like, "Hey, we're gonna go to the police station." Mm-hmm. And suddenly, this music starts creeping in with this repetitive bass fill. And this, this is one of my other favorite songs. It's not a proper song, song in the musical sense. What does that mean? So it's it, it's not like a whole musical number. Yeah. But there's still it's the score. It's like the score of the movie. Yeah, and there's a little bit of. Mm-hmm. They're communicating to us, the audience, Audrey and Seymour are thinking this, Audrey too and Seymour are thinking the same thing, and we see him get closer to the plant, the plant get closer to him, the tension builds and builds and builds. Yeah, and they're playing this bass riff, Mm -hmm. I don't remember how the bass riff went, but it it was super good at building up the tension here, Mm -hmm. Um, and Seymour is kind of edging Mr. Mushnick backward toward Mm -hmm. the plant, Yep. Uh, and unbeknownst to him, um, Audrey too is like opening up her mouth and mm-hmm. like, okay, here he comes, mm-hmm. uh, very slowly and methodically. And, you know, Seymour is like, yeah, you know, you gotta give her, um, minerals mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, y- you have to give her water. Mm-hmm. And Mushnick is like, yeah, yeah. And then finally, Mr. Mushnick bumps into Audrey 2 and turns around, and Audrey 2's mouth is wide open. Mm. Um, I don't know if they say something after that, but he falls into Audrey 2's mouth and then he gobbles, then Audrey 2 gobbles him up. Yeah, he gets eight. He just he gets, gets straight eaten. up. And I know when you're thinking, well, it wasn't Audrey 2, it was like, oh, it's the, the person was too big. I forgot to mention, Audrey got much bigger after eating a human. Yeah. <laughs> and now that she has had her second human, she gets even bigger. Mm-hmm. And I loved another sequence I really loved where as soon as Mr. Mushnick gets eaten, it's like, like there's like a, a switch it's a whirlwind, whirlwind of events where, where people are throwing money at Seymour and he's wearing suits and he's getting interviewed and he's like, they're trying to keep people out of the shop. And, and it's like, 
you can, it really put me into Seymour's mindset where it's like so much is happening so quickly and it really perfectly portrayed the sense of like the slippery slope he's on where it's like, mm. oh, this isn't so bad. How bad, you know, how bad me be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where it's like suddenly like everything is happening and he's freaking out and he can't handle it. He's, it's too he's, much. He feels guilt. He feels so much guilt. I mean, he took Mr. Mushnick's business away. And, and it's interesting that they completely gloss over any of like Audrey or anyone else reacting to Mr. Mushnick being gone. Mm-hmm. It's just like, Bang! Now Seymour is successful, mm-hmm. and and that really that really hit. The song that plays during this segment, I really liked as well. They keep saying the meek are gonna get what's coming to them because mm-hmm. it. And there's the they they, they, of... they reference the, the the Bible at first, and they're like, yeah. you know, they say the meek inherit the earth. Mm-hmm. The good book don't lie, mm-hmm. um, and the meek are gonna get what's coming to them. Meek gonna get then, what's coming again, to them. That dramatic irony where we're like. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but also what's coming to them is very is like a phrase a you threat. say when someone's gonna get like attacked. <laughs> yeah, like somebody's gonna get they're gonna, gonna get, get their just desserts. They're gonna get their comeuppance. Yeah, right. Um, so he's doing it. He's doing an interview. The the plastic humans who want to talk about the plant are shoving mm-hmm. microphones in his face, and. Audrey suddenly goes limp again while there's like all these people in the room and mm-hmm. the person's like, ah, oh, what the fucking plant? Like, what the fuck is this? Can you fix the plant? Feed the plant. All you mm-hmm. gotta do is feed it to make it upright again. Yeah, just right? feed it, right? And you got, like, where's the plant food? Oh, I can't feed it right now. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know. It was really funny to me because like part of me is like, what, whatever. It like went limp. Like it's still a giant fucking plant with a mouth. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still really weird. Uh, um, uh... But. There, but it was it was so just the tension of of everybody being like feed the plant and Seymour's like y'all don't know what's I, I cannot do that right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he runs out somewhere. Um, Audrey comes to get him. They're kind of talking about what happened back there, and she's like, "Hey, it's okay. The TV crew they'll come again tomorrow." And he's like, "Oh, they will. Good." And then he's like, "Hey, Audrey, will you marry me?" He just he's sucks. like, let's move away and get married. He wants to run away from all of this because mm-hmm. it's getting out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and Audrey's just like, she thinks about it for a second. She's like, sure. You know, uh-huh. and I, I really appreciate this also because I, an element of suddenly Seymour, I forgot to mention, is that uh, part of it is Audrey saying that she is too weak willed. She lets men walk all over her and she needs to work on that. And the um, word she uses to describe that is sure. Yeah, I'm always she saying says, sure. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when Seymour asks her to marry him out of nowhere. She's like, unsure. And then she's just like, sure. So it's it's like, it feels so human that they're like set up these these big, oh, we're going to make ourselves better and, and, and turn over a new leaf. And they're still kind of just being who they were before to mm-hmm. an extent. Mm-hmm. That felt so realistic, so human. Mm-hmm. Really loved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't just like suddenly change for each other. No, it's yeah. That's not how it works. It, it really isn't. Uh, there's a lovely part where Seymour confronts Audrey too because Audrey was like, oh, I heard you're going to leave. Like he he's like tiptoeing out of the and he's got bags he's got bags he's got like two briefcases and he's tiptoeing out of the room as it's like it's night he doesn't want to wake Audrey two up mm-hmm. and then as he's about to leave Audrey two of course wakes up it's like I don't remember what she says exactly but like she's saying like, like you've got to you've got to feed me yeah you got to feed gotta, me. you've got to feed me you can't You're run out on me you can't run out on me like this is this was a deal we made mm-hmm. you know and 
Seymour says, fine, I'll go, I'll run down to the corner store and get you a pound of chuck or something like that. Yeah. And I really love that because th this movie deals with di different flavors of abuse. And this was a more subtle one where I kind of felt the relationship between Audrey 2 and Seymour, where Seymour is being exploited by Audrey 2. Yeah. And it's almost like Audrey 2's feeding is like a substance habit. Yeah. Where, where... Where Seymour's like, oh, I'll I'll get you I'll get you ground chuck. I can't feed this has to stop. I can't feed you human meat all the time. And mm -hmm. Audrey's like, I don't want to hear that or something something like that. Like says um says uh, oh don't do me no favors. Don't do me any favors. That's right. Yeah. Like which is what you'd say to someone who, if you were like a smoker and they were like oh I'll go get you like a nicotine pouch. It's like come on like yeah. It's you know yeah. um I, I I thought that was great, but he uh, Seymour takes off. He's like. This, you know, I can't keep doing this. And after he leaves, this is the rotary phone part you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Audrey 2 pick, picks up her pot, moves herself over to the phone, dials... She basically... Takes out, goes to the register first, takes out a quarter, yep. puts it in the machine, puts it in the in the, in the the rotary pay phone, mm -hmm. and then does the rotary numbers. I, lo I love it because you can also hear Audrey 2, like, grunting and, like, ugh, like, really exerting herself. <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Um, picks up the... She basically, like, crank calls Audrey... <laughs> Craig calls Audrey one, Audrey one I, guess. I guess. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say something. And yeah, is like, guess who? Mm -hmm. Um, and then looks out the window and 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 Audrey's they mm -hmm. they lock eyes they lock through eyes. the window through the window. Well, I mean, Audrey two doesn't have eyes, but um, <laughs> they lock mouths. They lock mouths, and uh, uh, Audrey two's like, ha ha ha, here I am, I'm alive. Mm -hmm. Look at me. And Audrey's like, well, I have to go look at that. Mm -hmm. I have to go check that out. It talks. It's mm -hmm. talking on the phone. I should go look. And so Audrey, Audrey, and Audrey too finally meet. They finally meet each other proper. Mm -hmm. And what do you think happens? Uh, this. Oh, what do you what do you need, Audrey? Audrey too. What do you need to to live? Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, it's like, oh, a tall glass of water. Mm -hmm. Oh, give me some water, you tall glass of water, yeah. and the wraps his. T yeah. Her tentacles around this, her. This was, I, this was a, this, an element of horniness I didn't appreciate so much. Where, where Audrey is like repeatedly like brushing off Audrey 2's like plant tentacles, and it like keeps making advances on her. That was kind of uncomfortable. I mean, yeah. I mean, it but was going to murder. It's her, a monster. So it's yeah. a monster. So like, yeah, it's kind of the point. Yeah, and and again, I and, and another kind of element of abuse where like. Audrey just got out of this toxic relationship and now she's about to get eaten by a plant. Like, yeah. it, the, like it doesn't let up for her. It doesn't. No. The plant... Audrey 2 grabs Audrey 1 and begins to chomp on her. Mm -hmm. Seymour comes back and is like, hey, hey, cut that out. Mm -hmm. Let's go of Audrey. Uh, the plant's laughing as he, like, princess carries Audrey 1 out the door and she's having a, like... <laughs> death movie death scene where she's like oh we got me uh when i die which should be any moment now i, I really like we that. get a refrain to her song um, somewhere that's green somewhere that's green somewhere that's green mm -hmm. she's saying she's saying oh that's where mr mushnick is and oh if i'm there i'll always be with you mm -hmm. and uh, she, so feed, I want you to feed me to the plant because it'll the, make it'll make you happy. Yeah, she wants Seymour to get whatever she whatever he wants, and she and is whatever like, cost to her because mm -hmm, she, she doesn't because she has doesn't low self esteem herself. and doesn't value herself. And but she's yeah, a victim. The, but it's the way they do the reprise is really great. Where she's saying, 
oh, you know, I'll always be there. It's somewhere, you know, it's, it's, I'll, you'll, you'll smell me and be around me. Like all this like beautiful floral imagery. And then there's very slowly somewhere that's green. And I was like, I was like, like on the edge of my seat, like, Boom! Like, whoa! Awesome moment. Huge payoff. Huge payoff. It, it was so well ex well executed. So, Seymour feeds Andre's corpse. And it's like super dramatic. Yeah, it's like, you know... Princess carrying her up to up to Audrey 2, and yeah. Audrey 2 is like very menacing. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so good. You know the um, Bugs Bunny cartoon where they're doing like an opera and... Elmer Fudd kills Bugs Bunny, and then it's like, oh, what have I done? And carries... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that energy. <laughs> A little she, bit. Where he's, like, carrying her corpse, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and and like, solemnly feeding her to Audrey, too, because, like, what else can I do at this mm -hmm. point? Like, it's kind of a lose-lose situation. She looks, like... She looks um, very, like, serene. And the way they lay her in the, um, the puppet, mm -hmm. like, it looks like... I don't know, like, it looks, it's really, it's, I don't know, I don't know, I like the image of it, it's like good composition, it, there's like, all... her laying in it, it looks like, it makes, it remind. It, it, it's reminiscent of, like, the lady, of, like, paintings of the Lady of Shalott drowning in the yeah, water, you know what I mean? Yeah, It's like that. Yeah. Or, or like, the, that painting of Ophelia, you know, it's like a very, like, this woman who was, like, basically being used by everyone around her, mm -hmm. like, dying very tragically, um, to basically like the whims of everyone around her. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. The way, the way they super framed, the way they framed it, but yeah, it was it was super well done. All the shot composition in this movie, like everything, is like so thoughtfully done. Mm. I, I really like that. Mm -hmm. And the the thing that immediately follows this is Seymour runs up to the top of like a tall building uh, nearby, and he's about to jump off. He's about to kill himself because mm -hmm. he's like racked with guilt and he can't take it anymore. And the, there's can't feed the plant if he doesn't feed the plant. Audrey's not around anymore. He lost the love of his life. He's lost. Uh, he's lost his. He's lost his his father figure. He's lost the love of his life. Um, he's a murderer now. Mm -hmm. uh, like, uh, and this plant is like controlling everything about everything. Yeah, and yeah. He, and yet he still feels like he has is somewhat responsible for the plant because it's always been there with him you know if he's watched the plant grow up alongside him there's like an element almost of like he's like it's he's like it's mother yeah he's like there's an element of like motherhood to it yeah um, i mean like with the suckling of his fingers right mm -hmm. it's like it's a sucking of like the, the, the teat yeah. or something right like it's a, a very very clear parallel he gave his life to this creature mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, you often have to make sacrifice for your kids, right? Like, I can see the angle where he's like, well, this is just something I've gotten wrapped up in, but I can't desert this plant. Mm -hmm. um, and I was genuinely, like, like with bated breath, like, as he was on the edge of this building, like, it, it really felt genuinely scary, like he's about to jump. And uh, in this, like, super stark scene, this we suddenly hear another man talking, and the camera pans over... And there's this businessman just on the top of this building who just starts talking at at Seymour. So surreal. And he's like, I got a business offer for you. And Seymour's like, I don't want to hear it. Like, leave me alone. Like, yeah. for real. But then gets his attention gets because the, the businessman says, I took the liberty of taking a cutting of Audrey too. And we look over and he has in a nice little 
cardboard box, mm-hmm. a little pot with a little Audrey 2 in it. Mm-hmm. And Audrey, and the, the little Audrey 2 gets dramatically center center shot, framed <laughs> face down, and it smiles. It's like for it was like it was like forward tilt smile, like like in the shining. Kubrick, the Kubrick, the Kubrick stare. stare from the plane. Yeah, it was a little bit like a Kubrick stare. It doesn't have eyes, so you mm-hmm. can't really give that across. But that's the idea. Yeah. 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 And um, we, the the wonderful so reaction good. shot of Seymour, like the it certainly like the light bulb bulb clicks in his head as the businessman says, "Oh, we could have we could have we can get these guys all over the world." Like Audrey Two has global success, and he's like. Oh fuck! And he goes. No way. Yeah, no way in hell. He goes back down into the shop. I love the line as as Seymour's leaving. The businessman oh, yeah. is like, "It's public domain. Yeah. It's a friggin' vegetable." He's like, "We we don't have to work with you, you know." Like, it's it, talk to my lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> it's a friggin' vegetable. Um, which is important because it sets up that if Seymour doesn't agree to this, they can still merchandise the plant right he confronts Audrey too he's like this is what you had all in my uh, in mind all along wasn't it world domination and Audrey two's like no shit Sherlock uh-huh like straight up delivers that line yeah and like <sighs> you've been had a whole song I'm a mean green mother from outer space and yep. I'm freaking mad or whatever yep yep um I, I, I love uh, as he's ripping up the shop as Audrey two is just like destroying the shop destroying and like it. like uh uh Beating up uh, Seymour. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, like, uh, restraining him. Like, I mean, Seymour's, like, trying to shoot the plant and the bullets are bouncing off. It's, like, it's like kind of, like, this is, like, the monster fight scene, but he is being completely overpowered by Audrey, finally, too. It's finally kind of a turning point for, mm-hmm. for Seymour where he realizes the error of his ways and is trying to make up for it, but can't because evil has become too strong. The evil, he is, the evil has already been nurtured and now it is out of his hands. Hands, it's out of control, and see, uh, Audrey Two eats Seymour. Mm-hmm. There's a really nice chord progression as as Audrey Two is picking up. Um, yeah, where it's like at first it's this very dancey tune, and the chord progression is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as as uh, Audrey Two is picking up Seymour, it goes to like a. Um, it does like a different kind of progression. I don't know the music terms as well as you do, but it sounds like there's like way more tension suddenly. Yeah, it plays like a super different kind of chord or I something. I don't remember the the music of it of this part super well. I would love love. I imagine I will at some point sit down and just like do song analysis of all the tunes in this movie because I love them so much. Mm. Um, um, but it, yeah, you're right. It, it like it like I, it's like crescendoing. It's yeah. getting, like building up, and then as he gets eaten, it there's like a big resolution because we feel like ah just desserts like we've witnessed the finale of seymour's character we have now witnessed the totality of his arc and it's like ah it's kind of like a a, kind of a a writ of rest to that Mm -hmm. and then we cut from (laughs) seymour's death and audrey too just like smiling sitting there like Boom! Start cut to a giant glittery American flag. Uh huh. As slowly the, the three song women slowly rise up. And they're like similar events to what you have just witnessed then occurred all over these United States of America. That's a song. It's a song. And they're singing it. And I think I really like the way that's written. It seems it's really um it's like a uh, 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 like a bulletin or like uh, it's written like a bulletin or something. On a news broadcast. Yeah. 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 So it gives it that very like um, yeah whatever you know. I, I, it was great. This is a good fucking movie. Like, like every second of it is amazing gold 
Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, watch the director's cut because goddamn, it was it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we finally get our final like monster carnage scene where it yeah. briefly yeah. turns into a Godzilla movie. Where, yeah, it was a kaiju movie for for a minute there, uh, where we just see Audrey wrecking havoc all over the you know the Skid Row set, and then in Cleveland and Des Moines and New York and all over the country, there's this family sitting watching the news broadcast, and the the, the vine comes out of the TV screen. Yeah. It could happen to you. Uh-huh. I love that. The final carnage scene, I, it dragged on a little bit long for me, but the, me it is it is just it is it is a bombastic, joyous explosion of just like it, it's a celebration of destruction, mm-hmm. and it it it's it's really fun. I think this this is the right note to end the movie on because all our main characters are dead, and this movie is like like in the in the in the narrative sense, it's a tragedy. All of our characters die to their own flaws. Using that as like a vehicle for a big boisterous villain song as like evil has won the day. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was it was a really great way to do that and, and mm-hmm. just kind of like for everybody in the audience to just be able to be like cheering as we're watching this plant destroy mm-hmm. Earth. Um, I don't know. It was just yeah. it was just fun. Yeah, I, I know this this movie is. Uh, uh, usually called a comedy, a horror comedy musical. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were saying, like, you know, it's it's really it's really more of a tragic comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really more of like a, a horror tragic comedy musical, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's it's funny and like engaging in that way. It's also horrifying. Um, and then on top of that, like narratively speaking, it's it's completely a tragedy. Yeah, it's utterly, it's completely tragic. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, even to the even in the the, the Greek sense we were talking about in yeah. the classic Greek sense um, of tragedy, where like we're talking about like uh, uh, like characters having these like fatal flaws and mm-hmm. pair, you know like turnarounds and like fa- failing to their fatal flaws, right? Like each one of these characters that died mm-hmm. um, had something that was like the flaw that led to their death. It also uh, Oren's hedonism. Yeah. Um Audrey's um doormat vi- vi- victimhood victim or something complex. like that victim complex something like that. Uh, uh, uh low self-esteem, right? Yeah. Um, not low complex. self-esteem in yeah. another way for um for Seymour yeah. and Mushnik uh Mushnik's a miser mm-hmm. and he died because of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like those f- character flaws are not just about them they're also embodied in audrey too yes i think yes right audrey- this plant they say at the end of the movie they say don't feed the plant mm-hmm. and i take that as don't feed those flaws yeah because they'll consume you it's kind of it kind i'm realizing now it is kind of about like indulgence in a lot of ways it's like whatever angle you're coming at it from whatever intentions you have you know like you you feed you feed that plant and it's gonna get it's gonna spiral it's a movie about like losing control it's a movie about the slippery slopes Mm. of life in a way um and audrey 2 is a monster obviously but Mm -hmm. it like you said after you watched it the fact that Audrey 2 is preying on the character, like, flaws of the characters, aspects of their, like, humanity. Audrey, Audrey 2 is kind of representing this, like, inner evil that we all have. And, yeah. and like you said, that makes it scarier because yeah. it's not just a monster. It's a monster who, at the start of the movie, is, like, just this harmless little plant. Mm-hmm. And it ends up taking over the whole world because it's cleverly exploited these humans. Yeah. It's, it's just... Damn. Damn. Damn.
I, I wanted to comment that um, I think the musical numbers all worked really well. Like from the from beginning to end, they're all serving the movie. They're not just there to be there. Um, all of the the sh the camera work and all of the songs, all of the cuts, all of the choreography, it all works together really harmoniously to lift the movie up, lift the story up, and the story is front and center. Mm -hmm. um, so it never felt like we were like grinding to a halt to so that a character could sing. Mm -hmm. um, so for a movie musical, expertly done. I didn't think it could be done. I have been proven wrong by a very good movie. That recap actually took like an, over an hour because we, we just love talking about this movie, apparently. It's so good. It's so good. I thought it would be faster. I want to make a whole new tier for it. Right? Double S tier. Um, there were there were three moments where we were talking about, we were talking about that kind of dragged. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we made the choice to watch the director's cut. Right, right. We made the choice to watch the director's cut. But I think it's worth mentioning that there were three moments we thought kind of dragged. Um, and not all of those moments are are exclusive to the director's cut, I imagine. Yeah. Um, the Arthur Denton scene, the Arthur ironically, Denton scene. this is a Bill Murray podcast, apparently. And we were too and much there of was him. too much Bill Murray in this movie, apparently. No, no. I really wish he got to be, like, peppered throughout the movie. It was the fact that it was this one continuous scene where, after a certain point, I was like, Okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. Like, if this was, if it was like a YouTube video or just like a sketch, I'd be, and that's like the whole point of it. I'd be like, yeah, it can be six minutes long. Who cares? Mm -hmm. I think the fact that it, it it does overstay its welcome a little bit in the movie because it's just like we didn't need to see all of this, but it was mm -hmm. it was delightful. So I can't be mad. Um, mm -hmm. The the ending scene, like we were talking about, the mm -hmm. destruction, yeah. I think, just dragged a little bit. Where it's like, all right, we get it. That work. That's that's that's. I think that too about like most kaiju movies too. Honestly, yeah, that... I really like a lot of the setup in kaiju movies, and then like all the like just destroying things and and monsters fighting is boring. Just so like... I guess I'm a really I'm a really I guess not typical uh, <laughs> kaiju, kaiju fan because I really like all the sci-fi and politics and setup. Yeah, we, we're here for the characters. As soon as as soon as soon monsters start throwing rocks around, it's like, I've seen this before. <laughs> I've seen this before. I've seen army men shoot. Except like in the Showa period when it was like goofy shit. Yeah. Because yeah. that shit's funny. That's true. But yeah, like, I, like I, you I, know, I, Godzilla I, getting his butt hurt and bouncing around. Ooh, ooh, ooh my fanny, my fanny. <laughs> you know, that shit's yeah. funny. And and there is some of that with Audrey too, because Audrey too is so charismatic, mm -hmm. um, like just smiling at the camera and laughing, and that's delightful. But like I, I don't know, I've seen army men shoot guns fruitlessly at big monsters like two thousand times. I don't need to see it again. Yeah, for yeah. five minutes yeah. at the end of a movie that I loved. It's like <sighs> I, I don't know, I did. Part of me appreciated it because it was like seeing the world fruitlessly try to fight back was important. Because like there were parts in this movie where I was like. It's like a plant, like light it on fire or something. But yeah, I don't know, like when, yeah, you see the the bullets bouncing off from Seymour's gun. So I think that was already kind of yeah, it was already established that um, we didn't need that. The first part I thought dragged. I don't really, I don't remember right now what I thought was overstaying its welcome. It was like it might have been, it might have been like in in the start at some point where I was like, because I, I remember during the Skid Row song it being like, all right, like. I get it, get like, it yeah. Yeah. but I don't know. But that that whole number was so delightful. Anyway, I mean, mm -hmm. I, part of delightful is probably the wrong choice of word, but yeah. Well, no, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a good song. It was well done, and and I liked it because it it actually kind of fostered a sense of community for the set because all of the extras, you know, portraying these, you know, just like 
people who live in this grimy city were like uh, chipping in and singing along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I like the stepping in unison. Yes, that was marching really well along to the same beat. Mm-hmm. You know, marching along the same like work whistle or something. You know. Yeah. So I feel like do we have anything else really to say? Um, have we lauded the Have we lauded this movie enough? Have we thrown enough roses at its feet? <laughs> Have, have we have we have we cast enough pearls to it? Have, have we have we sung its praises enough? I don't think we I don't think we have. I don't think it's possible to to overstate how much of a blast this movie is. Just um, watch it. Yeah, that's all we can say. That's all I we actually, can say. I actually last week we watched a movie that was like two hours and ten minutes long, and this week we watched a movie that was an hour and twenty minutes long, and that and it was the director's cut. So this is like, if you have an hour to spare, like come on, like go for it. And I will say, yeah. hey, if you're like me and you're not a big horror fan because you scare really easy, um, I don't know, have someone with you that you like to watch movies with. But also, don't worry because there's no, there's nothing gruesome, and all of the parts that get you in that horror like scared mood, they're they're honestly like pretty tame. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going into this movie, uh, you didn't really know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even know it was and, a musical. Right, and I said, and right as the title screen dropped, I was like, or right as the you know the intro it started, I was like, oh, Lily, it's a musical, and you're like, oh, oh, well, it might be okay then. I might know? be mixed. On I it. might have you mixed on it. Uh, I don't know I if I'll like, like it. it. That much. And then it fucking blew you away. It did. It, so even if you don't like musicals, watch this movie. That's a really it's good a point. fucking delight. Yeah. It's a delight. I think this if This you, is a this is a good introduction to musicals, I think. Yeah. For someone I mean, if you're not gonna go to a theater and like have the musical experience, yeah. watch this movie. Yeah. 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 This is, I think, as far as movie musicals go, that I've seen, anyway, this does the best job at making you feel like you are watching a production. Mm. So I I really, I really liked it. So this movie's an S, obviously. Yeah. Our third, our third S-rank movie that does not prominently feature Bill Murray. Oops. Uh Uh-oh. Oopsie. We, whatever, whatever we, however long we talked about in this movie, I'll just like slow down the Arthur Denton part that we were talking about for forever so that it's like (laughs) 50% of the podcast. Yeah. This Um, one might run a little longer. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I, there's so many good things to say about it. And I, I feel like everything that happens on screen is kind of, is pretty important. So I'm glad we talked about it all. Me too. Um, what's next? So next week uh, will be our 10th week, and we are watching a movie called Scrooged, which I believe oh, is a take on uh, um, a Christmas story. Yeah. Um, or, what is that? Is that what it's called? Christmas story? Um, it's Christmas, Christmas tale? Christmas, something like that. The one by the old guy, and, you know, Scrooge is Yeah, in three it. ghosts. The and, three ghosts. And, 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 and little, little Timmy needs a, needs to get his leg replaced or mm-hmm. some shit. It's an adaptation of that. Um, they should make a cyberpunk version of that. Yo, that would be cool. That would be cool. Um, I don't know who Bill Murray plays in this adaptation, so that'll be interesting to see. I imagine probably either Scrooge or the main guy. That's my uh, maybe guess. he's one of the ghosts. Oh, he could make he a really would be good, a ghost. good ghost. Which ghost? Which ghost? Present. The present. The boisterous. Yeah. Oh, he's oh, having yeah. a, he's having fun with it, you know. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. yeah. I could totally see that. I could totally see that. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, so it's about to be October. It'll probably be October when this comes out. So are we gonna do a Halloween episode? Um, this would have been the Halloween episode, and the next yeah. one's gonna. This be is like, the Halloween episode. <laughs> this is 
Uh, well, I don't know. We got Ghostbusters two coming at some point, so we'll, uh. we'll, that maybe that's spooky. But uh, also, I don't know. Just just get into the festive spirit with us a little bit early, I guess. I don't know. I've heard things. I've heard good things about Scrooge. I've just never seen it. Yeah. Oh, so. Ghostbusters two will be near near not Christmas. Um, will be near Halloween. Will be yeah. near Halloween, so we can we can do that. Yep. I also want to say that we're going to be trying something new next week. Um, something that I have noted that we have kind of noted as we've been doing this podcast is that it feels like we're wa- like all these movies kind of blend together a little bit and it's like, oh, are we really retaining anything we've talked about? So next week for our 10th week, we are going to be doing a little quiz for each other, mm-hmm. um, where we're going to talk about the first five movies we've watched and every five episodes, we're going to do that for the next the set of five episodes so it's mm-hmm. always at least five weeks in the past do we remember anything that we watched yeah uh so that'll be fun yeah. all right that was top of the bill that was top of the bill thank you for your patience i guess and i hope you had a good listen i had a great time making it me too awesome i'm lily i'm june and remember don't um, Watch Meatballs! Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. You'd think after, like, fighting the same monster so many times, you'd just stop trying to shoot guns at it at some point, right? Like, some of those some of those movies are, like, in the same timeline, and they've encountered Godzilla before, and, like, Godzilla comes back, and they're like, okay, well, let's try guns, and guns <laughs> don't work. Okay, let's try missiles, and missiles don't work. Okay, let's try fucking, like, this gotta, new laser gun. We gotta, we gotta reel it in before this turns into a Godzilla podcast. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Um...